today, I want to preach about a joyful heart. Okay? Scripture has a lot to say about a joyful heart, and God wants you and I to have joyful hearts. God does not want his children to go about being uh, discouraged or angry or just in a bad mood all the time. He wants us to have joyful hearts. All right. Psalm chapter 4 and verse 6. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Now this verse, he begins by saying, people are saying, who can show us any good? In other words, times must have been pretty bad when that was written. And people are looking around saying, everything is bad. Come on, who can show us something good in our world? You know, sometimes we get that impression, but I can tell you this, there's always something good, and the writer is saying that God put more joy in his heart, and I'm going to give you kind of a nowadays paraphrase of the next bit, more joy than when they have their grain and wine abound. That would be for us like saying, he's given me more joy than when someone in the world has a payday and they're partying. That's kind of what that would be in our day and age. Because harvest was, there was a bountiful abundance and wine, well, they were obviously filling up on wine. So God can give you more joy than the most paydayed person who is partying. Did you know that? Because joy is an internal thing. It really doesn't come from outward experience. Now, there is a surface joy and there can be some laughter from outward things for sure and we're going to talk about that but true joy is inside okay proverbs 17 22 a joyful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones a joyful heart is good medicine you and i need to laugh once in a while there is a need for humor There is a need for joy. So be joyful. I have always actually loved humor and loved seeing people smile or laugh. When I was uh, fairly young, I liked jokes, and I remember getting a couple of joke books, and I memorized the jokes in the joke book. I know now they weren't actually that good, but I told them to everybody. (laughs) I mean, they were kids jokes but they just weren't that funny but everybody laughed and I can tell you this helping people laugh is good making people cry is not so good unless it's the Holy Spirit you and I have an amazing ability to change how people feel around us because of what God has put in us so anyhow let's continue with this message so where does joy ultimately come from Well, I'm going to share from you the scriptures where joy comes from. And of course, the first place you need to know, joy comes from God or from the Lord. Psalm 35, 9. My soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. Our souls can be joyful deep inside simply because we're saved. 
We know our sins are forgiven. We know where we're going in eternity. That can bring you a sense of inner joy that nobody can take away. Even if the world's falling apart, even if you're going to lose your life, but you know you're going to be with him in heaven, you can still have a joy inside. So ultimate inner joy just simply comes from him. Romans 15 and verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And Galatians 5 verse 22 says, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. The Holy Spirit himself, the Spirit of God, the presence of God produces these things, and one of them is joy. What that means is you can have joy no matter what is going on. Now, I don't ever suggest doing this, but one time, I actually, i got to be honest with you, I struggle doing funerals. I have a hard time doing funerals because I know there's times and you need to grieve. But I always feel joy. And I remember a funeral one time, and without realizing it, I told a joke. And everybody was, started laughing, and I was like, oh no, what did I just do? This is a funeral. Now, I found out that God is okay with you laughing even when you're in the deepest of times, and sometimes you need to. Because... To be honest, that is when you need it the most. So grieve, cry, laugh, it's okay. Joy is in here has nothing to do with your situation. If you can understand that, your joy will never be stolen, ever. Wow, well, my boss is so crazy, and I'm always feeling frustrated and angry. Your boss is not your source of joy. Well, the partner I married, boy, oh boy, they're always messing up. They always do this. Your partner is not responsible for your joy. Oh, if that's the case, you're probably not very joyful because partners mess up, right? They don't always say what you want or do it the way you want. Your joy does not come from what's around you. Well, I'd be joyful if my kids were better. They didn't act up. Your joy doesn't come from your kids. True joy comes from the Lord and it's inside. All right. Joy comes also from being thankful and celebrating. So I'm going to give you a few things Scripture says because joy ultimately comes from Him, but there are also other things that bring us joy. One of those is being thankful and knowing how to celebrate. So let me ask you this. When is the last time you celebrated something? Well, I celebrated a birthday. We celebrate birthdays, anniversaries. You can celebrate other things. Did you know that? You can make up an excuse to have people over. <laughs> we call them life groups. We made up excuses. Just have life groups. Get together, celebrate, pray, laugh, share how you're feeling. You see, laughter is really, really good for you. Even science says so. You can go online and you can see that it is proven that happiness or joy can benefit you 
in a number of ways. And here's the six number one benefits from an article that I got offline. It says, the top six proven health benefits for being happy or for having joy is improved heart health. Several studies have linked happiness with improved heart health and lower risk of heart disease anywhere from 13 to 26%. Also, it helps us with the ability to combat stress. Being joyful helps you combat stress. It also gives us a stronger immune system. Who wants a stronger immune system? Yeah, we don't want every cold that flies by, do we? A strong immune system is good. Joy can bring that. Here's what they said about that. Some research has indicated that being happier can support a strong immune system, leading to greater health all around and the ability to fight infections or disease more effectively. Being joyful also gives us an overall healthier lifestyle. Happiness has been linked to several positive and highly beneficial health habits that promote a greater sense of well-being. This includes eating healthier, diet, engaging in more physical activity, and overcoming poor sleeping habits even. I don't know, try telling yourself a couple jokes before you go to sleep. I'm not sure if that's what they meant, but you never know. Also, they say that being joyful can help reduce pain. I thought this was interesting. They believe that individuals who are happier have a better perspective and are able to accept new thoughts easily, which can lead to a lower experience of pain, especially connected with chronic conditions such as arthritis. And finally, they say that sixth health benefit is an increased lifespan. That's right, being joyful will help you live longer. One of the most interesting finds from research for health benefits of happiness is its connection with life longevity. Researchers believe that because of the impact of happiness on all of the above health benefits, it will help you live longer. All right, so who wants to be joyful? Okay. There's a couple people like, I don't know. <laughs> they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, you're at the right place. If you woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, we're going to help you. Okay. So being joyful comes from the Lord, but also we can be joyful by being thankful. So we on purpose think of things to be thankful for. We take an attitude of gratitude. We find reasons when we wake up in the morning that we're going to be thankful, and we take that train instead of a different train. Because who knows, it's easy to take the train of, oh, there's problems and issues, and start focusing on those and going over them in your mind, and before you know it, your day is ruined and it hasn't even started. And you're sour, and the first person you meet, you give them a sour comment, and guess what? Your day comes to pass just like you believed it would but you may have started it. Okay, this is for everybody, young and old alike. You can choose to have a joyful day by being thankful and finding things to have gratitude for. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 says it like this, See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Verse 16, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, this is a small little portion of the verse that says always be joyful, but it is sandwiched in a context that actually tells you how. You want to be more joyful? 
Don't render evil for evil. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to get them back. I'm going to do the same they did to me. You won't be joyful, guaranteed. Because when you get back at somebody, they're ultimately going to kind of get back at you. And when you carry that attitude, you will be angry and bitter, not joyful. Also, it tells us to never stop praying. You want to be joyful? Take the heavy things to God in prayer and leave them there. There's an old song like that. Leave them there, leave them there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Prayer can help you be joyful because you leave it. Don't carry it. And finally, in the same verse, he says, be thankful always. You can find a way to be thankful. You really can. I know there's someone right now saying, you tell me how to find a way to be thankful about dirty laundry on the floor. Well, Lord, I need the Holy Spirit on that one. <laughs> I, I just thought of it. Lord, I am thankful that the person who left this dirty laundry is alive and well, that they are breathing, that they are going to work, whatever it is. You see, you can if you want to. And I'm thankful that when I talk to them next week, they're going to learn to pick it up. I, I don't know, like, find ways. <laughs> Whew, we did it. <laughs> thankful. There are ways. So choose that. Choose to be thankful, which will help bring you joy. And also joy comes from seeing and hearing about how God has helped other people and how he's helped you. This is an interesting one, and it's one of the reasons I asked some of you today, how has God, what has God done for you this week? When you heard what God did for our sister, her niece was healed, you felt joyful, didn't you? Because again, you know, God is real, God is true, he's helping. If he did it for them, he can do it for me. So it brings us joy to hear what God's doing in others' lives. Listen to this psalm, uh, Psalm 20, verse 4. It's kind of a prayer, but I love how it's worded. It says, may he grant your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation. And in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. I love this verse because here he is saying in the prayer, we are believing that God is going to answer your prayers. He's going to bring you victory. He's going to bring you salvation. And we're going to rejoice. We're going to have a party. We're going to put up banners. It's going to be awesome. Church, do you get joyful when God does something for someone else? You need to. You need to get excited. You need to be like, yes, he did it. When you have that kind of attitude, you'll find all kinds of reasons to be joyful. And you will be like, okay, Lord, my turn's next. If you're in need of a healing and you hear other people got healed, start getting joyful. Your turn's next. That's an attitude that will help you. Luke 10 and 17, Jesus sent out his disciples to go and to do the same things he did, and they began to see people healed and set free. And it says in verse 17, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They were joyful that people were being set free because the evil spirits were leaving them. Now, Jesus told them... <laughs> 
don't just be joyful about that, he said, but be joyful that your names are written in heaven. And then it says Jesus went and rejoiced himself. And he rejoiced because God had chosen ordinary people to have his power work through them. And Jesus rejoiced and said he danced and spun about, if you look what that rejoice means. I know some of you thought Jesus just wore a suit pants and a dress shirt and walked like this. Well, no, you didn't. You had a long gown and walked like this. No, he didn't. He rejoiced. He was a little bit wild. You go read the scripture again. Don't have a picture in your mind when you read it and you'll see. But he knew how to rejoice and he rejoiced at this. Luke 15 and verse 6. Again, this is Jesus telling them the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he says, when a shepherd loses a sheep, he goes out and finds it. And verse 6. And when he arrives or comes back with the lost sheep, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. What a great verse. Church, you can rejoice in what God is doing for others. One of those ways is rejoicing when God saves people. When God brings salvation to people, you can get excited because all of heaven is. All of heaven begins to rejoice when someone comes to Christ. The angels are shouting, why? Because it's a soul that'll be saved for eternity. A soul snatched out of the grip of the devil. A life will be changed for eternity. And you and I can also rejoice the same. You see, when you know somebody personally who has been struggling or the devil's been beating them up and God saves them and you see their life changed, it makes you excited. And church, if you haven't seen anybody come to Christ for a while, you might not know how to be joyful about it. Maybe everybody in your family is doing well. Can I tell you this then? Make some friends with people who aren't so you can see them saved. Because God can do anything. And you want to rejoice when you see what he's done in others. We have seen so far this year, 21 people have accepted Christ here at the church. So give him praise for that. That's amazing already. Seeing lives changed. Acts 8, verse 5. It says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them, and the multitude with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So Philip went to this city. He just prayed for people. He, they saw people getting set free. Verse 7, For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. You want to bring great joy to a city, to a town, to an area? Bring a real Jesus, not just in word, but in power. Bring a real Jesus who really sets people free. Bring a real Jesus who really sees people healed. Bring a real Jesus who changes lives and there will be joy. You see, Philip didn't have to use any fancy words to get people to come to Christ. They came because they said, this is real. That was my cousin who's been possessed for years. That was my uncle who's been a cripple. Oh, that was so-and-so's friend who was blind. Bring him a real Jesus and joy comes. I believe God wants to bring joy to Slave Lake. 
I, wouldn't it be awesome if you could say, all of Slave Lake is rejoicing? I heard an amen over there. <laughs> I think it would be cool. And it's Jesus that does it. Do you know that Slave Lake is blessed with a number of churches? And I would say the atmosphere in Slave Lake isn't horrible, but I believe God can take it to a whole other level. But there are areas around us, surrounding communities, where there is no joy. There's no joy. It's been replaced instead with a dark heaviness. Can I tell you right now, dark heaviness doesn't come from the Lord. Dark heaviness comes from somewhere else. Joy also comes from loving and connecting with others. Okay, so I'm giving you some ways that joy comes. John 15, verse 10, listen to Jesus' words. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other the same way I loved you. Jesus wanted his joy to overflow, and then he tells them how. You want your joy to overflow? Love other people like I did. Well, how did Jesus love them? How did Jesus love those followers? He's talking to his close followers in this verse. How did he love them? He spent time with them. He taught them. He ate with them. He healed them. He loved them. You want to have overflowing joy in your life? You cannot hide in a dark room and expect it to come. You need to get out and you need to get with people that you can connect with. Now, coming to church like this is awesome, but I'm talking about a deeper connection than that. There's a reason we have life groups here. You need close connection where you can be real, where you can tell a friend about your stuff, where you can pray with one another. And if you do that, I can tell you this, joy comes. Because all of a sudden, it's not just about you, but you have people that care about you, close. If you're not part of a life group, get connected to a life group. That's how connection happens here. So you can come in a couple minutes after we start and sit in a chair and leave the minute we end and connect with nobody. Come early and have coffee and stay late and visit. You'll connect somewhat. But you want the kind of connection that brings overflowing joy like Jesus was talking about? You're going to need to get together with a close group during the week. Did you know some people love their job because they actually have a close group at their work? Did you know that? Some leaders like, oh, it seems like my man loves his work better than anything. He doesn't even want to be home. He'd rather be at work. You know why? He has a close group of buddies. Or a close group that, boy, they talk about anything. They laugh and joke about stuff. Close connection is what people desire. And do you know what? Let me speak to the men for a minute, because I was kind of saying man at work. Men! If you come home and your spouse doesn't have a close group that, they, that she can be with and have good connection, you're her only connection. And if you come home and don't talk to her, just turn the TV on or just head right back out, she is going to be starved for connection. So hubbies, connect well with her, but also get her to join a life group with some other ladies. There's my marriage counseling for the moment. Okay, let's keep going here in the message. Joy comes from loving and connecting with others. 
we need to do it. There's an interesting story in the book of Nehemiah. God has uh, began to put things back in order. They find his word. And they begin to read it to the people, the commandments and the laws. And the people realize that they are far from God. They have broken so many of his laws. And they actually start weeping. The whole group begins to weep because they realize we have messed up big time. And Nehemiah stops them. He says, wait, don't do this. And in chapter 8 and verse 10 of Nehemiah, he says this. He continues and he says, you know, stop weeping. He says, go and celebrate with a feast of rich food and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What a powerful verse. Maybe you've heard that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. But did you know the context? You want the joy of the Lord? You're going to need to connect with other believers. And you're going to need to choose to not be dejected and sad, but choose to connect and to celebrate. I know that's hard if you're feeling really low. That's going to be tough. Then call a friend. That's from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. You need help? Call a friend. I'm serious. If you're in a spot where you are so low that you can't take steps to see joy, call somebody who will stand with you. Call somebody who will listen to you and understands you. Reach out. If you're like, I don't know if there's anybody, then call the pastors. Don't allow yourself to stay in a state of depression or darkness because God wants you to have a joyful heart. And if the enemy is beating you up so bad that you can't get out of it, then I want to encourage you right now, reach out. Get somebody to fight alongside of you. Get somebody to stand with you. Because I want to tell you now as we finish up the message, here's how you're going to be able to continue in joy. Here's how you can get out of that dark place. And it's this. First of all, if you're not saved, get saved. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, do it. Because true joy can't come until you make that step. Allow Him to come in and forgive you. Because I tell you, when you let Him forgive everything, the weight lifts. When you have an undeniable knowing that your future is secure, it's easier to be joyful. But I know sometimes even people who are saved, the old enemy starts to beat them up and they can go into this dark hole. They can be in a position where they just don't even want to live. Well, here's the next thing you need to do to make sure you don't stay there. You need to realize that you have an enemy who wants to steal your joy and then you need to resist him. Too often when people are feeling discouraged, they don't realize there's an enemy attacking their thoughts, their minds, their hearts. And instead, they want to blame somebody. Instead, they turn and, well, it must be this person's fault or that person's fault. Sometimes we have people in our lives that, well, it could be their fault. But the thing is, you need to remember you have an enemy who wants to defeat you. He wants you to give up. Because God has amazing purpose for your life. 
And the enemy is on the sidelines. Well, if we can stop him now, he won't affect this person and that person, and he won't stop him quick. And so he does the only thing he's any good at. He lies to you. With thoughts, lying to your mind. Oh, you're no good. You're just stupid. Nobody wants you. He's a liar. Because John 10.10 says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. James 4 verse 7 says, Humble yourself before God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. When those ugly thoughts come, you better resist. Don't just accept them. Don't be like, oh, I know. Tell me some more. I already know that. Give me some more. You don't realize that's what you're doing. That's the enemy lying to you. And if you've gotten into a pattern of that, you're probably going to need help to get out. If you've gotten into a pattern of uh, going into that dark place and just receiving it and even speaking it out loud, get prayer to get out. Don't stay there. Do not stay there. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So what do you do when those thoughts start to come? Get a hold of them and say, stop, shut up, be quiet, devil. No, that's just my thoughts. That's the way I feel, so it must be real. No, shut up, because, devil, you don't know who I am. You see, I'm a child of the king. Oh, I'm not perfect, but I'm a child of the king. My daddy is bigger than you, so shut up. I don't know what you need to do, but you need this book, and you need to tell him. Leave me alone, because I am important enough to him that he sent his son to die in my place. So don't you dare tell me I'm nothing. Don't you dare tell me I'm a waster. I can't do anything. You need to rise up, and you need to tell him. But Once again, if you're in a spot where you can't do it anymore, reach out. There are people that love you and will stand with you. There are people that will come alongside you and take your hand and say, shut up for you because you can't say it anymore. Now, some of you here today, you've never struggled with depression or you've never struggled with feeling not capable. If that's you, you were probably raised with confidence. You were raised knowing you meant something and you were important. Good, awesome. If you have that, you better be willing to stand with others. Because there's others today that are struggling. Reach out. Do not stay there. Finally, get in God's presence. Reach out, get in His presence. When this feeling of everything opposite of joy tries to come, turn on some music with God's Holy Spirit presence. Turn the music that you know lifts you up. Did you know what the enemy wants you to do when you feel like that? He wants you to find the most negative music you can to match your mood. Oh, this is going to be, oh, I think I'll go play some country music. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I always get in trouble over that. Or maybe you're actually to the point where you're feeling so hopeless and, yeah, this is worst ever. I need to find some heavy metal death music. No, I don't know. 
I'm going to get everybody mad at me. This is real, guys. You and I are joking about it a little bit, but it's real. And the enemy loves to try to do that. Can I tell you this? Don't. Instead, go turn on some music with God's presence. It will change how you feel. It will change how you feel. Fill yourself with good news. There's enough bad news. Fill yourself with good news. This is good news. There's good news all around. On purpose, be thankful out loud. Refuse to dwell on or speak about evil or the lies of the enemy. Help others around you. Don't let yourself stay there. Help others around you. Connect with others often and celebrate. When you feel that dark place, the enemy will also tell you, just stay alone. Don't go anywhere. Nobody wants to see you. Tell him to shut up and go. And you know what? Every one of you here did that this morning. Maybe there was some in this building this morning. The enemy told you, don't go to church. Nobody cares about you. And you had to make some effort. You came. You came to the right place. Because the Lord is going to take that heaviness and he's going to change it. This scripture says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He's going to change it for you today. And so I'm going to just take a moment to do what we do here often. We're going to pray a simple prayer that lets you use words to say in your heart, yeah, Lord, I need salvation. So if you would repeat that after me as a group, let's do that today. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me of all my sin. Make me new. Fill me with your joy. Amen. So bow with me one more time, but I'm just going to pray over you God's joy. So Lord, I thank you for this group. I thank you each of them took that effort to get here. And some were heavy, some were so low that they didn't think they could go on. But Lord, you already knew ahead of time. And so Lord, right now I ask that you would fill them with your presence. Lord, let your presence replace the darkness. Even now, I bind the spirit of depression and suicide. I command it, leave in Jesus' name. Be removed from hearts in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we speak to the heart, we look at the broken heart right now and we say, broken heart, be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray now your joy, the joy of your Holy Spirit would come and fall on your people in a way that they feel it deep in their spirit. I thank you, Lord, that some of them are going to be laughing later this afternoon like they've never laughed in a long, long time because heaviness is leaving right now. Amen.